This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Today on CityCast Boise, it's Friday and I've got my supermoon bestie Blake Hunter with me to help wade through the week's news. We're talking about a recent rollback of EPA wetland protections, why the attorney general was just dismissed from a lawsuit, and Labor Day plans for cooler weather. Plus, dog setting fires. It's Friday, September 1st. I'm Emma Arnold, and this is what Boise's talking about. Hi, Blake. Hey, Emma. How's it going? Good. Happy Friday. Uh, How about that moon last night? Did you get out and see it? I did. It was wild. Yeah. A friend of mine hosted like a little dinner party kind of vibe. And so we were just out all in the backyard. And then um, we kind of realized that the moon was supposed to like the super moon was supposed to be rising. And so we went out in the front and it was so bright. I like I know it was bigger than normal. Like that's the whole point of it. But what shocked me is honestly, it was just so bright. It was so cool. Yeah, I think I was, everybody's like, oh, it's just going to be so big, so big. It looked moon-sized to me. Uh, it did When it was coming over the horizon, it was yeah. it was big. But yeah. uh, but the brightness, like it was really, really bright. Uh, we had these big plans. I was like, ooh, let's go up into the mountains. Let's bring our cameras. Let's get some cool shots. Um, and instead, yesterday we did the Boise Kitchen uh, Collective distro, which if you haven't done that yet, if you haven't done Boise Kitchen Collective, so easy. It really is. They make it so easy. We did it partly because the day before uh, I had one of those, um, I, I don't want to go into detail, but we'll say one of those experiences where you have to interact with the government where you're left completely like, what are what's what are Bereft we going to do? any hope. This yeah. is... <laughs> Uh, and you can see it on my Instagram. I posted, I was in the lobby of one of these government buildings, and uh, there was a, a bulletin board that said, take what you need. And it's completely empty, including the letters are gone. It's just like the faded shadows. And that was, I left that day, that whole day, I just had that in my heart of like, take what you need. There's nothing left. There, it, It's done. And I had that all day. I have to share that photo in the newsletter. I think I will because <laughs> I haven't even talked to you about this, but that photo like messed me up a little bit. Yeah. Like just looking at it, it looks fake. Like it looks like yeah. an art project to be it honest. Looks, I know people kept messaging me and like, ooh, did you do this on purpose? And I'm like, no, I literally saw it in, I want to say where, but I, I'm protecting someone's privacy right now yeah. that I'm helping out. But it was in a government building, uh, uh, judicial related, <laughs> we'll say building. Uh. And it was such a gut punch. Yeah. And like, also it was one of those times where the people in the, lo- the lobby are extremely marginalized. They are uh, in horrible situations. They could use any scrap of help they can get. And you're like, you don't even have letters on your bulletin board. Yeah. What are we doing? Just like I was a dusty wreck. Dusty shadows. Yeah. Dusty shadows. I was a wreck after that. And I was so crushed just by this feeling that like the system is so broken. How do you fix any of it? And I have a new rule for myself that when I feel that, I do mutual aid. 
Yeah. Because there's this hopelessness to it. There's this feeling like I can't do anything because you can't. Like you can't. Mm-hmm. I'm one ding dong, you know? Yeah. I have no I have no skills other than this and I can't change anything and I feel so helpless. So I whenever I start to feel like that, I immediately sign up for something for mutual aid. So we went and did Boise Kitchen Collective, um, which again, please sign up. It's on Instagram. It's so easy. We brought fruit which is a uh, like they had said, hey, people love fresh fruit. So we brought apples and oranges, grapes and watermelon. And um, there was a huge line of people and they hand out so much food and supplies. Idaho Harm Reduction was there. They were handing out supplies too. And, um, and that was so cool. And I just, I really encourage people, like if you do feel that hopelessness, hop down and do that. Uh, so we did that. And then we went and installed some $150 Craigslist carpet, um, which... Uh, is just something I just we we did, uh, and then I was like too tired to go look at the moon. Is my whole point to that entire yeah. thing? I was too tired. I went out. I like looked. I was like, it's really big. It looks it's great. Cool. Yeah, five stars, moon. Excellent job. Yeah. Do you do any? Do you do full moon like witchy stuff? Are you a full? I'm moon? getting into it. I'm, yeah. I'm really feeling the moon this year. I think like this calendar year, I've just been like really paying attention to it, and so I'm, I'm kind of my my book is open to it for sure. We always, uh, we on the full and new moon pull tarot cards, not yeah. in the like, you're telling my future, but just in a like, give me a little direct, just give me a little like, what should I focus on right now? And you know what's so annoying is, you know what card, what what my card said? Be patient. I hate that crap. Yeah. Get out of town. I'm not going to You could be burn that card, honestly, <laughs> and I wouldn't hold it against you. No, I, I 100% feel that. Yeah. Especially dealing with like the, um, just the despair of like trying yeah. to work with and against just huge systems that are, you know, not designed to help, especially poor people um, and like other marginalized folks. And so be patient. Yeah. Be patient. I don't need to hear it that. Said, Thank be you patient, so much. Be patient, be diplomatic. And I was like, ugh, uh, fine. Up. Okay, fine. Ugh, barf. The middle schooler in you is just like, no. <laughs> Which is actually a lot of me, unfortunately. Yeah. It's a huge <laughs> chunk of me. Yeah, it, I feel like everything, I mean, I don't know. I, I feel like the full moon always kind of like rattles your yep. life, you know, my life up. It kind of like makes me, and I hear, you hear people be like, oh my gosh, my car broke down or whatever. Um, I, I This was my favorite uh, around the super moon disaster. I think I sent this to you. Um, and by the way, if this was your house, uh, I am not laughing at you. I am so sorry for your misfortune. I want you to know I'm entirely laughing at on Instagram, on the uh, Boise Fire Department page. You can go see at oh, Boise yeah. Fire. There is a photo. There's a photo set of uh, they responded to uh, a fire. And when they went inside, there were two dogs, no people in there, but two dogs unconscious on the floor. They were able to revive the dogs. Uh, everybody's fine. Uh, but you have to go see th- these two dogs. They started a fire. They started the fire. One of the dogs got up on the stove to eat yeah. food that was back there, turned the stove on, started a fire. And um, you just have to go to Instagram, please, to go see this the look on this dog's face. I know. It it's is so fun. <laughs> Yeah, again, I'm sorry. Like, this is, I know this is like so stressful, and I hope I'm that, sure. like, yeah, I'm so there's sorry. some sort of like community response, like, getting because, like, there's a significant amount of fire damage and stuff. And I hope that, like, the vet bills for the dogs aren't too much, but like, the look on the dog's face is so funny. And of course, of course, it's a lab, of course, it yeah. is. Oh, and yeah. is he's just happy as a clam. He's like, I set your house on fire, yeah. <laughs> and then these nice people came and rescued me. That's great. <laughs> I made new friends, they gave me treats. Yeah. I might set the house on fire again. Uh, yeah, I just, the dogs are fine. Everybody's fine except for obviously the kitchen. They had a bunch of smoke damage. So I'm sorry that that happened to you, but also your dogs made me laugh 
so hard. Um, and it got, I mean, it's totally obviously on my mind because we're finishing up, we're wrapping up our Dog Days of yeah. Boise series, which has been so much fun in the newsletter and uh, with the podcast. And we've gotten to see so many of the dogs of Boise, which has been a treat. We've gotten so many good photos. It's so fun to just like wake up and be like, all right, I'm going to check my email inbox and look at some dogs because apparently that's my job. Um, but yeah, it's <laughs> it's been so fun. Has there been like a... A favorite interview that you've done or anything like that during the series? Yeah, one of my one of my favorites you featured in the newsletter, uh, Shelley Volsh uh, at Bo- from Boise State University, who's an anthropologist. She we talked to her about like why do we love our dogs so much and can they love us back and you know and she was super fascinating and interesting. People can check that out in the newsletter or on the podcast. Uh, but I also really loved we talked to Allison Bittner from Clever Paws, who is a no fear trainer. She actually we brought our dog to her, Bev. And uh, she was so great. And it's actually interesting. Yesterday when I was at the dog park, I texted you and Evelyn <laughs> and Frankie because there was a dog trainer there who doing literally the exact opposite of what mm. uh, Clever Paw does. Not no fear training. It was this uh, man who looks like he has a podcast where he talks about how he only eats meat and doesn't wipe yeah. after he poops. Sorry for yeah. that, everybody listening. But um, that's a real guy. Yeah. Uh, but uh, he he's, you know, just – and he was doing like alpha training and being really like aggressive and no. mean to these people's dogs and grabbing them and like throwing them on the ground and I was just like I'm not you know I'm not a violent person but I was like I could fight this guy like I was so upset it was so and especially after talking to Allison about like how you know you're creating a bond with your dog how important that is watching him do that kind of training I was just like I hate this so yeah it's so it's so weird to watch people who like a dog is just supposed to be like this sweet force in your life that is like there for you you know, at most is maybe like a little bit protective, but like mostly is there for like literally a social, to be a social companion. And the way that you're choosing to bond with that creature who is like supposed to be just like so sweet and close to you is by dominating them. And by like, that's your tactic really? Like that is just a, I don't know, that just makes me really sad for that person. And obviously the dogs like, uh, it's yeah. yeah, that's grim. And you know, I'm sure people. I, I'm not saying that those owners are terrible people. I mean, they don't. No, maybe yeah. have never heard of this other kind of training. Maybe they didn't. You know, they don't know, or maybe yeah. they're like, I don't know. This seems like the right way, but I just can't. You know, dogs are like they can't communicate verbally, yeah. and they're like toddlers in a lot of ways. And I but just they're like social beings. They're yeah. so social, and like they know what's going on. And yeah, there's a different way to do it. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Speaking of government uh, stagnation that makes you uh, want to drown yourself and makes you feel helpless, I loved this piece you did in the newsletter, but it also, like, what a gut punch. What yeah. a gut punch. You know, I love every year now, it seems like people are paying more and more attention to the wave of Supreme Court decisions as they come out in May and June. Like, I'm, I'm glad that we have that public attention, but it's rough because just increasingly they're 
just decisions. It's because they're that, so terrible. It's because yeah, the decisions yeah. are like, what? <laughs> yeah. 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 And so this one in particular was actually comes out of Idaho. So comes out of Priest Lake, which is very like tippy top of the panhandle up in northern Idaho. And this couple wanted the Sackets. Uh, this case is called Sackett versus EPA. And the Sackets wanted to essentially fill in this portion of their like wetland lakefront property on Priest Lake uh, with like cement um, gravel, that kind of thing. Uh, and they essentially sued the EPA because they didn't want to have, they said that they shouldn't have to get federal permits um, to do that development. And the reason that they had to do federal permits is because of this little thing that's a little bit important. It's called the Clean Water Act of 1972 uh, that implemented just like far sweeping like federal protections for wetlands and just water generally uh, to protect species to protect endangered species specifically, but also just for our own safety, for humans as well involved in that, um, to reduce pollution and that kind of thing. And so, you know, that this is that's been going on for like 50 years. And then um, this case is actually about 20 years old now, um, but it just went up to the Supreme Court. And, you know, some developers and some farmers like agricultural forces have been working to roll back some of those Clean Water Act provisions, just because they say that it, it just has way too much reach kind of vibe. Um, and essentially, the Supreme Court agreed with them. The way the decision came down is kind of confusing. But essentially, uh, they disagreed over how new protections should be reinstated. But a majority of them said, essentially, we're going to return wetlands protections back to the states. So states can essentially just decide what they want to do with this now, whether they want to implement any additional protections um, over the very bare minimum that exists for wetlands right now. So in Idaho, obviously, we don't have coast, uh, like we don't have marine coast. Um, so we don't, we have like a limited amount of freshwater. We are a desert state. And so we don't have a ton of wetlands, but that actually makes them that much more important. And so for specifically from Idaho Fish and Game, I found like they wrote that over 75% of all animals in Idaho rely on wetlands at some stage in their life. So this is a lot of birds. So that's that takes up a good chunk of those species. But I mean, even you think about things like insects, amphibians, reptiles, uh, and a ton of mammals and as well, like a uh, Animals really depend on our wetlands, and essentially there's kind of this rollback in this this vacuum where now the states are going to be deciding what to do with this. Yeah, and I uh, in the Idaho Capital Sun article, there was a quote from the Idaho Conservation League uh, Program Director Marie Calloway-Kellner, and something that really uh, stuck with me from it is, you know, that she said that this is basically sending a message that private development that benefits a few individuals is more important than clean water for all. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that's just exactly how this feels. It's, it feels like, yeah, it's weird. I just came I just came back from Priest River, from Priest Lake. Uh, we were visiting my in-laws up there. And, you know, such a beautiful area that is just getting built up, yeah. like— like, you know, the rest of the state, I suppose. But you really do think about how, you know, this this couple who started this entire case, like, they want to fill in the wetland on, on their land. You know, that's what they want to do, which I cannot imagine. If I had Priest River, Priest Lake money, and I was buying a, a property and it had a wetland on it, I would be so excited yes. for the nature that would come with that. I would be, like, I would be preserving that and taking care of it, I mean— you know, I come from a long line of uh, very outdoorsy nature f 
rural farmer people. And uh, we were always taught that that like nature comes first and you work around that. And just the idea that you have this beautiful wetland on your property and you're like, I just want to fill it with cement. Like, my yes, God. I know. Yeah, you want to make a little boat ramp for yourself. And like, all, yeah, it's so frustrating. And the decision here gets pretty technical. And I want to make sure that I try to not mislead people. But it's kind of confusing because essentially the decision states that um, – you know, all wetlands used to be pretty much protected, and now it's restricted to any wetlands that don't have a continuous surface connection. So if you think of, like, um, if it if it's not, like, a flat plane of water connecting, like, a lake to a stream or, like, a different, like, set of wetlands, then it, it doesn't have, like, federal jurisdiction anymore. So that is a lot of wetlands. Huge for Idaho. Because Huge for Idaho. That is our wetlands. Yeah. That's, you know. Yeah. And over, I mean, it, it varies state by state, but essentially a, a solid majority, well over 50% of all wetlands in the U.S. just lost federal protection to development. Wow. And, and you know, this with climate change uh, and needing to preserve these spaces, I mean, uh, just a really devastating thing. Just a very devastating decision all around, yeah. uh, I think. Oh, that's a that's a rough one. Uh, people can read more in the newsletter. You did such a great job covering that, so I, I appreciate. You also covered something this week that um, I honestly am going to need you to fill me in on because I've been so busy uh, with a lot of more like local stuff. So, Attorney General Raul Labrador was disqualified from taking part in his office lawsuit against the State Board of Education. I have not been paying super close attention to this. I'll be honest because it's kind of a mess, right? Yeah, this this feels like a good time to check in on this case because it's such a. It has been. There's been so many little steps, but this feels like kind of a bigger step. So, essentially, uh, if people are familiar with the University of Idaho's wanting to buy the University of Phoenix for five hundred and fifty million dollars, so. A lot of money. And um, Labrador is alleging that the State Board of Education violated open meetings law in a discussion about this, uh, in, about this acquisition. And so there's this June 20th phone call in which uh, Labrador and a couple of his staff uh, were on a call with the State Board um, and essentially said, hey, tell us about this acquisition. Like, how are things going with that kind of is, is to my understanding, it was just like a checking in about it um, or giving some news. And the state board kind of disclosed some things that they were assuming that Labrador was acting as their attorney because Labrador is the state's attorney. And so he represents, you know, the state board. He can represent uh, Department of Health and Welfare. But that's another case where he's actually taking a lawsuit against the Department of Health and Welfare. But um with this specific one with the state board, at the end of this meeting, he says, essentially, okay, I'm going to file a lawsuit for op violating open meetings law. And the state board essentially argued like, hey, we didn't know. We had no idea that you were planning on doing that. We would not have told you all of these things. Uh, and they took that up to um, a, a judge and said the Labrador should be disqualified from this case. And the judge eventually agreed, um, which is pretty... I mean, incredible that, like, first of all, Labrador has filed this lawsuit against the state board who he'd normally be representing in a court of law. Yeah. Uh, but now he's actually been disqualified from it. However, he can appoint someone from within his own office. The state board asked that someone else completely new, like independent counsel, be appointed to it. Uh, but the judge turned that down. So, yeah, kind of a wild development. In the next stages, we should actually see the lawsuit, like, taking place uh, and kind of moving forward. But 
yeah, Labrador is out of that. He's he's kind of saying that he's happy about it uh, because someone in his own office can still do it, um, which that is a bit of a win for him. But the judge essentially had to dis- like weigh in whether like who said what in this phone call, which I'm just like, that's kind of wild. That what that's the just kind of discussion that we're having at this like top top tier level of official in Idaho was essentially saying that Labrador was saying that he told them at the beginning of this phone call that he was going to sue them. And the state board was like, no, you didn't. Why would we have said that? And so it's just kind of this back and forth of like, he said, she said thing. Um, And I, yeah, just a wild, wild story out of the attorney general's office once again this year. Yeah. And on a stack of wild stories. On a stack of of them. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, it's interesting because I have seen, you know, uh, it's a real change uh, from Wasden, uh, who Attorney General Wasden, who, uh, you know, kind of kind of stayed out of the spotlight. You know, I don't think you really as a citizen thought about him or, or what the attorney general was up to a whole lot, whereas Attorney General Labrador is constantly tweeting and making statements and has been pretty clear from the beginning that he is using this office uh, for a very specific, po- you know, political agenda. Yeah, absolutely. Totally. And I don't I don't think I'm like stepping out on a limb by saying that. Go to his Twitter if you think I am. I mean, absolutely. he's very, very clear where he stands, where he believes the state should be and what he's using his office to do. And one of those things, in my opinion, is punishing public education. Uh, yes, and totally. that's, in my opinion, exactly where this lawsuit comes comes yeah. into play is is punishing U of I. Yeah, yeah, punishing public education and punishing, I mean, obviously, th- this has a lot of the same DNA as the case with the Department of Health and Welfare's lawsuit yes. that he's putting against them. It's just all sorts of things where, you know, again, normally he would be representing these groups. And I'm not saying that these groups shouldn't be held accountable. These are lar- sure. some of the largest, actually the two largest in like agencies uh, financially in the state. And so, yes, they do need to be held accountable. Um, or I guess the Department of Education would be not the state board. But still, like, they're they're very powerful and they do need to be held, held accountable. Normally, he would be representing them and he's kind of playing this gotcha thing. And, you know, this has been said about Attorney General Ra- Raul Labrador since he was running last year is that a lot of his, like, Republican, fellow Republicans said, I'm not going to support him because he's running to be a politician here. He's not running to be a lawyer. And so it's really easy to forget that he's supposed to be a lawyer right here. And like lawyers, most of the time in this kind of situation in public domain, aren't going to be trying to take the spotlight. But that is not what we're seeing happen. Uh, Can I be a jerk for a minute? Always. Which I feel like should be a new feature on our Friday chat. (laughs) Just the last five minutes. Can I be a jerk for a minute? I just want to be a jerk for a minute. Um, Only because I happened to be, while you were talking about that, I wanted to pull up a couple of tweets of his, which of course I couldn't find in the moment. But he actually is, he supported this EPA uh, uh, situation with the wetlands we just talked about. And he said he is happy to support uh, you know, the people, not bureaucrats, which yeah. is such an interesting thing to me because, boy, uh, take what you need, you know, that's just mm-hmm. basically like you don't support the bureaucrats. Bureaucrats are people too. These are these government agencies he's fighting against. These are, we need these. The government yeah. has gotten, it's, I'm so tired of it, Blake. I'm tired of it being like the government's evil. Uh, two people who want to fill a wetland with cement are the bad guys, in my opinion, not the government agency trying to preserve clean yeah. water for all of the rest of us. Well, and also, I think that 
Yeah, I mean, just the word "the people." You know, the mm -hmm. term "the people" is such a, a like a dog whistle. Where you know, I think of Ammon Bundy's group is like the People's Rights Network, mm -hmm. and so it's kind of this yeah, like populist dream of we are speaking for the people, and it's like. Well, in the wetlands situation, you're probably speaking for a lot of out-of-state real estate developers who want Idaho lakefront and who want Idaho wetlands and that kind of thing where, you know, I don't even know how many Idahos or Idahoans are going to be living there, but it's certainly not, let's just say, yeah, the most expedient system that we need. It's not, it, that's not going to be helpful to the majority of Idahoans. I think that's yeah. what people try to mean when they're saying the people but it's not what they actually mean. Yeah. Preach. I love it. Uh, we've gotten a little into the weeds in honor yeah. of the wetlands today. Yeah. Uh, but I, we want to end with this. Let's talk about Labor Day weekend. We have three days off. I didn't even realize. <laughs> I'm I keep so forgetting. excited. I'm yeah. so excited. Uh, so yeah, if you're a listener, if you're a reader of the news newsletter, uh, we will be back Tuesday, uh, and Monday we are going to be, what are you doing? Do you have any big plans this three-day weekend? Yeah, I'm going to be taking a big old nap. Um, yes, I love that. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to be doing much. Um, maybe I'll try to, like, go hit the river or just kind of, I'll probably just hang out by the river. I think uh, it's it's time for winding down and slowing down a little bit into the fall. Yes. Um, but, yeah, just taking it really easy. How about you? Well, I love that because the weather's supposed to be kind of cool this weekend. Yeah, and slightly, I, yeah. And I feel like, and they, you know, chance of thunderstorms. They're saying Monday especially there might be a chance of thunderstorms. And I, I, I agree with that. A winding down. I feel like the last few years on Labor Day, it's actually been uh, pretty warm, and like we've had these extended summers. Yes, um, have, which yeah. I, I don't, I don't want. I don't want this year. I've had a yeah. summer summer. I feel like a lot of people. I, this was like the first summer that felt like summer to me in a few years. And like we were That's out, true. we were doing things, we were in the heat, we were swimming, you know, we did like, we camped, we did a lot of fun stuff. Um, but I think like, yeah, I think I'm ready for it to wind down. Today has a little bit of fall bite to it. Yes, like a little breeze, you know, I'm actually wearing a sweater. Like, I know. It's, a, it's nice. I'm kind of ready. Are you ready? Yeah, I was walking around yesterday and I just kind of like, I went for a little walk. And then I came home and I was ready to like go to a coffee shop and do some work. And I just like instinctively like put on boots and pants and like a little jacket. And I was like, I love this. Like this. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm ready for that. Sweater me up. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have any plans either. This is the first weekend in uh, almost two months, I guess, where I haven't had a ton of stuff I have to do. And I really just kind of need uh, a break and I need to like do something I know that this is not relaxing, but I need to like organize my cupboards or something, you know, just something yeah. something where you're just like kind of mindlessly doing a thing that does not matter to anyone but you. Yeah. Uh, and and yeah, I'm going to get a little writing done and organize my cupboards. And, nice. That and sounds great. Yeah. Yeah. Just kind of, just kind of like you said, wind down, get ready for yeah. fall, get, Absolutely. get, get cozy. Well, I love it. Next time, next week when you see me, I'll be drinking what? A pumpkin spice latte. Uh, I had my first this week. It was so <laughs> yeah, good. Yeah, it's time. All right, Boise, I, I hope you're as ready for fall as we are. Blake, uh, as usual, such a pleasure. Thanks so much. Thank you, Emma. Have a good weekend. That's all for today here on CityCast Boise. The show was produced by Frankie Barnhill, Evelyn Avitia, and me, Emma Arnold. Blake Hunter writes our Hey Boise newsletter, and our music is by Up Is The Down Is The. If you enjoyed our show today, leave us a review. It helps other people find us. We'll be back Tuesday with more stories from around the city. Happy Labor Day! <laughs>